Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. It is Friday, March 31st, 2007, and on today's show, we're going to talk about things that I'm looking forward to, the finest in musicians turned actors, and what's coming up at the box office, and what's selling at the box office. Okay, so let's start off with, uh, how did the movies do last week? How did we do? Well... We didn't do great, because the number one movie was the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and I don't know. I have a problem with it when they decide that, hey, you know, I think people are really going to have trouble pronouncing the turtles' names, you know. Having them say Renaissance painters' names is far too difficult. So instead of Michelangelo, how about Mikey? Instead of Donatello, how about Donnie? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, you know... It's so dumbed down, and and I mean it. It makes the uh, the the early nineties uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies look positively um, brilliant. And how can that be? Uh, anyway, coming in at number two was Three Hundred, uh, pulling in another twenty million dollars uh, to bring them to a total of one hundred and sixty-two million dollars. Not bad for a movie that was made for about sixty million bucks. Of course, the marketing budget was probably substantially higher than that, but still, they've uh, they, they've done well, and that's that's just domestic gross. That that's just the USA uh, box office. So we don't even uh, we don't even know how well it's doing overseas, and uh, you know, hey, it it seems to be doing okay. Uh, number three, Shooter, uh, Marky Mark, uh, fourteen point five million dollars. I actually saw this one on Friday. Really good, uh, and it's one of those rare opportunities that you get at the theaters these days. What do I mean by a rare opportunity to get at a theater? I knew nothing about this movie going in. I pretty much knew that it was going to be Marky Mark and he was going to have guns and probably going to, you know, shoot those guns. Hence the movie being titled Shooter. Um, and that's all I knew about it and was really pleasantly uh, surprised all, all the way through. It was just a really fun movie, uh, you know, a good action movie. And, you know, and actually a good action movie that didn't involve everything being splattered all the time. Number four, Wild Hogs, another thirteen point nine million. That brings this one to one hundred twenty-three million. Really? Yes, really. Uh, number five, The Last Mimsy, um, starring uh, Dwight Schrute from The Office and a bunch of kids. And uh, they're talking about the, you know this one being quote unquote the next ET. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about that. But anyway, it was uh, good enough to pull in ten million dollars for its opening weekend. Uh, rounding out the top ten, we've got The Hills Have Eyes two. Premonition, starring Sandra Bullock. Rain Over Me, which is the Adam Sandler, Don Cheadle uh, uh, post-September 11th movie. Uh, Pride and Dead Silence in the number 10 spot. So that's uh, that's the top 10 of the box office. Um, so there you have it. What's coming up this week? Well, uh, starting off, we've got Meet the Robinsons uh, from Disney. And this is, uh, well, basically... The whole thing was this is the uh, the in-house animation studio at, at Disney, which isn't Pixar. Okay, so they were really happy when uh, when Chicken Little came out and it proved that they could actually succeed on on their own as well. Um, so this one is all about a boy genius named Lewis, and he's got his latest invention, uh, which is a memory scanner. It gets stolen by the nefarious bowler hat guy, and. Um, Anyway, he gives up hope, thinks I'm not going to be able to, to retrieve my invention, but he meets Wilbur Robinson, who's a guy from the future, who invites him to travel forward in time, and he meets his extended family, uh, who really need his help, of course, 
and uh, and so you know by being in the future maybe he'll learn a bit about his past uh, so that is uh, Meet the Robinsons also opening uh, from writer-director Scott Frank this is the guy who wrote the screenplays for The Minority Report uh, The Interpreter and also for uh, Out of Sight uh, with uh, Clooney and J-Lo the Steven Soderbergh uh, remake of or a uh, remake adaptation of an Elmore Leonard uh, novel uh, also called Out of Sight this particular film stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt who you will remember as the youngest cast member in the show Third Rock from the Sun. And if you don't remember that, well, then first of all, I feel very old. But secondly, you will definitely remember him in the movie Brick that came out last year. A fantastic movie. If you haven't checked it out, you, you really need to see it. Uh, Ryan Johnson's filmmaking debut, and it's uh, just just fantastic, especially if you love the whole film noir thing. Uh, anyway, this particular movie, uh, Gordon Levitt stars as a once-promising high school athlete. He was a hockey player, gets in a, in a really bad accident, um, and... He tries to maintain a normal life, takes a job as a janitor at a bank. He's got memory problems, the whole thing. Anyway, a crew of local guys are looking to pull off a heist. Now, you know how much I love heist movies, so I'm definitely into this one. The trailer, however, is really misleading, and uh, and I actually saw it in front of Shooter last week. And uh, and one of the things we both said is, wow, it looks a lot like Memento. But everything else I've heard about it and read about it, it it's nothing like Memento. Uh, but there's a couple of elements that they really play up in the trailer and uh, makes it look like that. So um, don't believe the hype. Definitely check this one out. It looks to be a really cool flick. Uh, next up, Blades of Glory. In the movie that had to be made, Will Ferrell and John Hader uh, play a pair of rival Olympic ice skaters who get stripped of their gold medals and are permanently banned from men's single competition. Now, in the present day, uh, this they were stripped of the medals in 2002, apparently. Uh, they have found a loophole that will allow them to qualify as a pairs team. This is going to be real silly, and you know it is, because let's face it, it's the guy from Napoleon Dynamite and Will Ferrell. It's going to be silly as hell. Um, and they're figure skating. Anyway, uh, a lot of people into it, so uh, so there you have it. That's what's coming out this week. So things I, I mentioned I'm going to talk about things that I'm really excited about that are coming out. Well, first off, um, I you know as I said, I went to the movies last week and did the walk down to see the posters, and I saw the things that are you know really of interest to me, and the other things that are kind of you know eh you know maybe I'll check it out that kind of thing. Of course. First and foremost, Spider-Man 3 comes out May 4th and um, looks to be really cool. Uh, everything uh, everything they're showing, I, I worried at first that they're cramming far too many villains in it because we've got the Sandman, we've got uh, Harry Osborn uh, really coming after Peter Parker, we've got uh, um, Venom, you know, that's a whole lot of stuff to juggle and we know how that all worked out in the Batman movies, right? Having some faith in, in uh, Sam Raimi, and I'm really looking forward to checking this one out to uh, to see uh, to see how he pulls it off. Also coming up, and this is uh, considerably earlier than Spider-Man, is this week's Grindhouse. Tarantino and Rodriguez. Now, as you know, Tarantino's kind of annoyed me over the last little while. That's mainly because it seems that he just can't edit. Um, you know, Kill Bill would have been a great two-hour movie. Instead, it was too mediocre three-hour movies and and that's just my feeling on it a lot of people feel differently think Kill Bill was brilliant hey good good for you um, maybe they're just remembering the bits that uh, that were good and uh, they would have been in the two-hour movie the other stuff not so much anyway this is uh, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez have two have created two basically exploitation movies so you've got um, Planet Terror by Rodriguez which uh, basically it's a, it's a zombie movie 
that's that's basically what it is. Um, and then you have um, Tarantino, and his film is called Death Proof, and this is basically uh, girls get stalked by um, crazed stuntman. Uh, as played by Kurt Russell. And so I think the, the one thing I'm thinking with the Tarantino thing is, is you know, these are two 85-minute movies, right? So he's been forced to edit. He's been forced to make it more concise. So so this should be interesting. Of course, as with any Tarantino film, he wears his uh, influences on his sleeve. And and what they went for with this is like the old exploitation or B-movies and uh, the B-grade horror movies, and even to the point of, uh, of you know, running over film stock with cars to, uh, to scratch it up and uh, to give it that oversaturated look and of course Rodriguez did a lot of his digitally um, as is his tendency these days and uh, I, I tell you if nothing else this is going to be an amazing DVD now here's here's another interesting part uh, the MPAA uh, basically ruled it an R rating and a lot of people are like oh it means they had to cut stuff out blah 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 all this stuff uh, but what it comes down to is they only they only excised about 20 seconds from the film which is going to make it a lot harder to sell the special edition, you know, uncut DVD because it's 20 seconds, right? Um, so between the two movies, you get a bunch of trailers uh, directed by uh, by some horror movie stalwarts, including Eli Roth, who directed Hostel, and Rob Zombie. And um, I, I, you know, I just can't miss this. It's going to be uh, it's going to be messy. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be all over the place, and uh, and I got to see it. So uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it does, to see what the uh, the tolerance of the box office paying public is for such a thing. And uh, so yeah, so into it. Uh, also coming up, uh, I believe it's this Tuesday, is the new Fountains of Wayne album. As you know, I'm a big fan of Fountains of Wayne, and their new album is called Traffic and Weather, and it's going to be coming out, and there's going to be a tour. And I went to see them a few years ago when they did the tour for Welcome Interstate Managers. Great show, uh, you know, just absolutely solid. And the really cool thing about it was at the end of the show, they uh, were actually they were going to be on Jimmy Kimmel the next day, and so they were uh, they wanted to practice something for us. So you know they brought out lyric sheets the whole bit, and they did the breakup song by the Greg Kim Band. And it was very, very cool. So definitely looking forward to checking that out. Um, okay, so let's talk about musicians in movies. I've done some, some music. I've done some movies. Let's talk musicians in the movies. All right. Um, you know, there's always some actor who thinks that they can sing. I'm looking at you, Patrick Swayze. Um, and uh, there's a lot of musicians who think that they can act. Are any of them any good? And, and, you know, that's really the thing. And so this is kind of in honor of, uh, you know, like I say, went to see Shooter the other uh, uh, last week, and it was a great, great movie, you know, good action flick. And uh, start, of course, Marky Mark. Because, as I've said many times, he can get as, you know, quote-unquote, credible as he wants to and, and call himself Mark Wahlberg. He can do whatever he wants. He's always going to be Marky Mark. And it's the same with, like, LL Cool J going by a different name, although he's smart enough to just stick with the branding. That's what people know he has. So, in honor of, uh, of Marky Mark's shooter, uh, let's talk about top five musicians in the movies. Number five, John Doe. Seems fairly nondescript, doesn't it? But John Doe is uh, the bass player from X. Um, fantastic band out of the uh, sort of late 80s, or early 80s, really, um, through to about the late 80s, and then uh, then they kind of self-destructed. Uh, but, of course, Xene, Cervanka, Billy Zoom, and John Doe, and I can never remember the drummer's name. Uh, anyway, John Doe, uh, really the first thing I remember seeing him in was Great Balls of Fire. He played uh, Winona Ryder's father in it, and... Uh, um, 
you know, great part. He's and he showed up in a whole lot of things. Um, it, you know, various TV shows and movies. He was in Roswell for a while. He's uh, he showed up as as a doctor in ER once, and and he kind of shows up in all these different parts. But you always buy it. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's not like you know if if Iggy Pop showed up in one of these parts, it would totally take you out of it. But John Doe does it and manages to you know much as his name would suggest, blend in with what's around him and uh, and really inhabit the part and live it. So that's number five. Number four, LL Cool J. And I never watched Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was him, wasn't it? Uh, I, I can't remember. Anyway. Um, but but I do love it when he shows up in a movie, and he shows up as sort of the hi- the hired help in a lot of action movies. Uh, certainly shows up as a bit of cannon fodder in some uh, some horror movies, such as the twentieth uh, uh, anniversary Halloween movie and that kind of thing. Uh, but he always brings sort of an understated cool to it. And uh, again, see, that's what these guys need to do: is blend in with their name. And uh, I just find that. He of course, uh, you know, has that that innate ability to uh, to just bring people, bring, give, sort of make you feel comfortable with a person in a role, and uh, so he really makes that happen. Uh, number three, David Bowie. Oh, come on! I mean. <laughs> Where to begin? Uh, you know, of course, there's uh, there's you know things like Labyrinth and, and all that kind of stuff. But but to me, uh, it just shows that he still got it when he shows up in the Prestige this past year as uh, Nikolai Tesla and just brings it in such a way that only Bowie could. And uh, you know, he brings that Bowie cool to it. But at the same time, you just realize that this this Tesla guy is a genius, an off the charts genius, and in ways that we can't even understand, and much like Bowie himself. Number two, I'm going to go with Marky Mark. I'm still calling him Marky Mark. Um, and, and I realize, call him Marky Mark a musician. You know, it's really sort of the, the slimmest thread, isn't it? But, hey, Marky Mark manages to, to show up in a whole lot of different types of movies, you know, whether it be an action movie, a, uh, um, a you know, hardcore drama, or, or getting into, into comedy, you know, and he manages to, to, to live those parts, and he's a, he's a great actor, always a great performance out of the guy, and uh, it's understandable why he got an Oscar nomination for The, uh, uh, for the Departed last year, uh, because he totally deserved it. And number one for me, and I admit this is a bit of a guilty pleasure, Will Smith. He's a guy who I can watch in anything and uh, and actually will usually get me to watch things that I would never watch before. I mean, Hitch, a romantic comedy, like I would ever watch one of those. Will Smith got me through the doors on that. Uh, you know, always a lot of fun. You know, he's got the style, he's got the panache, but he can still play a geek as well. And you got to love that. Anyway, that's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. And uh, hop on over to our website at www.paulfrench.ca slash poptopia and fill out our user survey. Let us learn a little more about you. Have a great week.